So here we have John the Baptist one last time. And we see here the great miracle of the baptism, just like we see the miracle of the resurrection on Easter and understand the miracle of Christ's conception during Advent. And the miracle here is that in this baptism, as John predicts, it is not merely water that comes down, but the Holy Spirit that comes into Jesus and marks him as the anointed of God. Every time we baptize someone in this church, we pray for the same thing. We pray for the Holy Spirit's presence in that person's life. And we do it well. When we asked in this church last spring during our identity exercise, what is it that Ankeny UCC does really well? As Pete looked around and asked that question and said, we need to be honest about what we do well and what we do not so well. There was nearly unanimous affirmation that what we do really well in this church is baptism. That this brings us great joy. This is a moment we see great hope. And this is a thing that people in this church have put a lot of work into over the years. Whether it's in embroidering lace doilies, whether it is in saying the words affirming that baptism, whether it is children who through the generations have come down to celebrate with the newly baptized, as a whole church, we welcome the hope of the Holy Spirit every time we baptize someone. We look around and say, here is a hope we remember feeling so long ago. Here is a hope that we had when we were children and that now we celebrate when we are no longer children. And here is a hope we wish those children to feel too. And in that moment, we think maybe it is possible we can do more to bring all of the hopes that we feel into fruition for those kids. We dedicate ourselves anew to passing on the traditions and the love that we have felt from other people in this church to a new generation. In that moment, we create in this worship space a thin place where we can see for that brief moment all of the infinite possibilities and futures that we may co-create with God together, as Frank Thomas once said. We dedicate ourselves to thin places and we hope for new baptisms because it brings the renewal that has always been the reason for baptism into our lives. We renew our lives as we hope that children and adults baptized into our faith renew their lives. But we know too, looking out at the future that may or may not come to pass, that the renewal in baptism is the beginning of the work and not the end of the work. This is the beginning of Jesus's adult life as the anointed of God. This is not the end. And so it is with baptism well as well. Which is why it is so appropriate on this day that we celebrate the ministry of another Baptist. Martin Luther King Jr. ordained into the National Baptist Convention, ending his life and career in the Progressive National Baptist Convention, believing in the hope and renewal 
that comes through that baptism for all people who wish to change their lives. It is worth remembering that his work was started not by him, but before he was ever born. And his work was not his work alone. Martin Luther King Jr.'s great skill was in organizing and letting people who were even better than him organize. While the movie Selma has many flaws, that is not one of them. It was a reminder that we are all interconnected in baptism, in Christ's ministry, in politics, in justice. We are all interconnected. And we never know at the beginning of our own journeys what will happen later. We're never sure in baptism what will come to the children, what they will see in their future. And the same was true when Martin Luther King Jr. was alive. It is great now that we acknowledge his life in this federal holiday. It is great that in pulpits across the country today, you will hear sermons relating to his work. But it is also very important to remember he was antagonized as he was antagonizing in his life. He was controversial. There were people that did not like him. There were people who were powerful, who fought against him. There were people who were good-hearted that thought he was just stirring up too much trouble. He was a controversial figure, and it was controversial when he came to speak to the United Church of Christ's General Synod. It is hard to believe now, looking back at what we perceive in his life, that there was a time when Martin Luther King Jr. might not have been welcomed into the pulpit of a UCC church. It is hard to remember that. It is hard to remember because we have erased him a little bit as a real person with his own faults, with his own challenges, and we like to remember ourselves a little bit better, perhaps, than we were. Because it was not only in churches, it was not only in the halls of power that Martin Luther King Jr. was controversial. It was also in his own denomination. I told you he was ordained into the National Baptist Convention and died a progressive National Baptist. The reason? The National Baptist Convention wasn't sure what to do with Martin Luther King Jr. They thought perhaps he should spend more time at home in the pulpit in Ebenezer Baptist Church in Atlanta and not as much time stirring up trouble. That's right. A Christian church said you should spend more time in your pulpit and less time fighting for justice. Hard to imagine that today, huh? And so the Progressive National Baptist Convention was formed to support him in his life. Why do I tell you all of these stories? Why do I tell you that Martin Luther King Jr. was controversial? Because if we believe now that he was a saint, a saint with no flaws, a saint who in his own time stood for all that is good and well in the world without the controversy that accompanied him, we might believe that we are waiting for that same person now to continue his work. We might believe that we are not good enough to step into the shoes that he left unfilled, the shoes that ask for racial reconciliation and justice all across this country. We might believe that other people who have their own flaws and their own controversies are not continuing his work and should be shunned. But John was controversial in his day, and Jesus was controversial in his day, and Martin Luther King Jr. Was, in, was controversial in his day. 
all of them extremists for love. So our challenge now is to look around and say, who is it that is being an extremist for love that our instinct is to repel? Who is it that is an extremist for love that we seek to take down? Who is it that is an extremist for love that we wish would be just a little bit more pleasant and less controversial? Because it happens now, too. And Martin's work is left undone. This country was founded with a flaw. This country was founded not as a place where all men were created equal. And let's stop and think about that sentence, too. All men are created equal. There were flaws that were built in and baked into the founding of this country. And the great hope of this country is that there were also ways in which we could work toward reconciliation and change. That is the gift of our living documents. That is the gift of our political processes. And that is the gift of collective action that we all can take part in. Just because we started in flaws and can see flaws now does not mean we cannot have hope for the future and cannot work for change and reconciliation. So on this day, when we celebrate baptism and renewal that comes with baptism, let us celebrate the hope for change that it brings in our lives. Let us look around and say people are still starving, people are still suffering, people still are afraid for their lives and afraid that nobody cares. What can we do to bring peace and justice and reconciliation out in the world? Who are the controversial leaders that we will be proud of having supported in 30 years? We don't know. We don't know. But if you look around and ask that question, if we look around and think about baptism, if we look around and say, we have children of promise and children of blessing, and we are obliged to make the world a better place, then maybe we can have hope that it will be so. Amen.